The following is a Joel Mahalik production. From Wilmington, Delaware, it's Behind the Mic, the radio show that talks about whatever. (laughs) Join us now as we dive into a variety of topics, from entertainment to politics and every aspect of life in between, mixed with a little fun, frolic, and mayhem. We would love to hear from you, so call us right now at 646-716-8609. That's 646-716-8609. Now, without further ado, here is your host of Behind the Mic, Joel Mahalik. Check, check, one, two, three, check, check, one, two, three. Okay, this thing on. Hello and welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Behind the Mic Show. I'm Joel Mahalik. Thanks for joining us. QIBRadioNetwork.com. That is our home on the web. You could be sitting there right now on your computer listening. Or this time tomorrow, you can be sitting on your computer listening to the podcast. But that's where you get that and the show notes and listen to us live. Right there on the homepage. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday night. What a night we have. What a packed show we have. Even today. I mean, really, what a news week we've had all the way up to today. No shortage of news. And I'm proud to say in a couple of moments we're going to have Kay Stout back. And I promised last last month when she made her regular visit here that we would continue... The conversation that we were having about how social media can negatively impact your job, your job status. So that's going to be exciting. We're going to get back into it. We actually ran out of room mid-conversation, and it's such an important topic. That's why I promised we would have her back. But first, but first, let's find out who's actually at the table tonight before we have Kay come in. Uh, first, please welcome our very good friend. He's a bear fan, as in yeah. uh, Chicago Bears. <laughs> I was trying to think. <laughs> I was like, Bears fan, as in Cubs, but that didn't sound right in my head. Chicago <laughs> Bears fan. Say hello to Ron. Ron, good evening. Hello, Joel. Hello, everyone. It's I'm just so happy to be here. I'm floating on air. Yeah, floating on air. Well, that's good. I it's hope you rest easy. Gassy. <laughs> uh, also, I believe. I mean, I see him, but I did not hear him. He's not a comic writer. He's not the comic writer, but it is Stan Lee. Stan, are you there, sir? Yes, I am here. Are you there? Not live in the moose den, as he has returneth to the Midwest. And I'm glad yes. your travel went well. Welcome, Stan. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> and, of course, uh, back maybe for keeps, I don't know, but here she is. It is the lovely Vita. Vita, good evening. And good evening. Busy, busy week. No rest for the weary. That's right. Very, very busy week. 
very busy week, and I had a really busy weekend. But let's not talk about that now. Uh, so welcome, everybody. With And this would only be possible through the hard work of the man behind the curtain, our own Mr. Wizard, Mr. Tony Richards from Reality One Radio. So he is standing by at this phone number. If you have any comments throughout the show that you would like to be heard, call him up at 443 443- 836-0171. He likes when you call him up, if you if you plan to do this, he likes when people start off the phone conversation with doing an impression of him. So if you listen to the show, just call Hello. up and see if you can confuse him by talking. See, there you go. There, there's your first lesson he gave you. Uh, you can also join us at facebook.com slash behind the mic, M-I-K-E. That's how it is spelled. You can comment there if you're too shy, too shy to shy to call on the phone. So, shy, there, shy. You, there you go, right? Kajagoogoo. I was just telling our producer tonight, I said we should switch the musical end of the station over to all 80s. So... <laughs> Uh, so without further ado, let's get back to the hot conversation of last month. Please welcome. She is our uh, career coach, our resident career coach around here. She's kind of ours. She's been here for a lot of years with us. Every month she appears on a show, so we call her ours. Please welcome back Kay Stout. Kay, good evening. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks. Well, thanks for joining us again. No problem. No problem. And, you know, Kay, one of the first things I worried about Last month when, you know, we just completely ran out of time. And so I said, look, we will get back to this. And then, of course, after we went off the air, I was thinking about that statement going, this isn't even going to sound right a month later picking up where we left off. But luckily for us, there was a piece of news this week that allows us to bring this back full circle and get right back on the train. (laughs) And I think everyone knows what we're talking about. And we're going to mention this story quite a few times <laughs> during the show because it's going to be running. This story is going to be running through the show, stopping at almost every segment we have planned tonight. Uh, so that's good. But, Kay, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No, I'm racking my brain going, oh, dear Lord, what did I miss out on? So fill me in quick. Well, we had this Subway employee this week. Oh. Yes. Who uh, decided, with her uniform on and taking a uh, a selfie, and I guess on Facebook, I guess is where she made this post. Yeah. And it was, it had to do with her praising the shooting of, excuse me, my throat is drying, uh, the killing of the two Mississippi police officers. Oh dear Lord! Oh, you did not hear about this? Well, we had tornadoes. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I'm glad. She's a little busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're fine. <laughs> you can have tornadoes. It's okay. I'm, I'm, we're very glad that you're well and you're here. That's yeah, the important she, part. She was a little bit busy dealing with flying monkeys. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, so here's the thing. Sierra Sea Baby McCurdy from Laurel, Mississippi, uh, ultimately lost her job, by the way, in case anyone was wondering. She did get fired. Uh, because she praised the cold-blooded murders of Hattiesburg police officers Benjamin Dean and LaCorey Tate after they were gunned down in the line of duty during a routine traffic stop last Saturday night. So she she apparently tweeted this. 
Uh, and she was wearing her subway uniform. So we were talking about last month saying things, doing things on social media that could get you in trouble with your job. Now, there was a lot of controversy on both sides of this story, which I didn't understand because the one side was saying, well, how can you just up and fire someone like that? But there is, because you're either at will or you're union. And obviously, if you're making sandwiches at Subway, you're probably not a member of a union. <laughs> so, let, so let's say that's called the at will employee. And that mm-hmm. means, and that means you're bound. That means you can leave whenever you want, and that means your employer can see fit to let you go, based on your performance or policies. And I guess what an image, posting herself in her subway uniform that this gave the subway. There was outrage all over the internet about subway. Mm-hmm. So now that you know the story, you can elaborate a little bit. Get us back into starting about you know. So what what did she do wrong? What why did you know? Uh, what shouldn't she have done? Was there a different way she could have expressed that? Because there is free speech. I'm not saying she has no right to free speech, but what we're saying is she did it in such a way that would probably upset a lot of people. But it, she lost her job over it. So knowing that, Kay, you can walk any listeners that weren't here last month into what did this girl do wrong? She wore her uniform. Um, she was, she identified a, an organization that's traded on the stock, New York Stock Exchange, um, and she is an employee of that and a representative of that company whenever she has that uniform on. Uh, it isn't any different than you could see a police officer in his uniform at a bar drinking. That's wrong. You can see that same person at the bar without his uniform and that's fine. So what she forgot was who signs her check, and it's the Subway Corporation or the franchise, the franchisee that owned whichever one she worked at. And people tend to forget the important. They, they don't, I don't think they teach it in high school or while well, they're being in college now, I don't know. But they don't teach in high school that when you represent a company with the uniform you wear and the paycheck, while you have that uniform on, you are representative of that company, and they can have the right to discipline you and, or in this case, fire you because you weren't protected by a union. And I smiled when you were saying that because the state of Oklahoma is an at-will state. So except for unions here, everybody knows that they can either quit or be fired at will. Right. now That's just the state law. Mm-hmm. Can, Kay, can we take a can we take a look at a, a little bit of the psychology of that of a statement you made? Sure. You said that you know obviously in high school, you know maybe you know this wasn't explained to her. So let's go back a little bit. A lot of people in high school they start getting their first jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the other night on our Tech Talk Live show, we talked a little bit about click wrap agreements online and how they're perfectly legal. And we talked about how everybody who signs up for something online always hits I agree to the terms because they want to get on to whatever it is they're doing there. They don't want to read through that. But they've bound themselves to it. And America Online proved that by winning a lawsuit against somebody who tried to sue them over that. Uh-huh. So now let's take that back to the, uh, to the workplace. 
So okay. you you might be giving a employee handbook. Mm-hmm. You might be giving some papers to sign. Maybe you didn't read the thing at the bottom in the application that you were agreeing to. So mm-hmm. that so we know that happens with click wraps. People mm-hmm. probably are given an employee handbook. Do they read it? Probably not. Mm-hmm. So is there a responsibility by the school system? And I hate bringing this up because I don't believe the school system should be raising our children. But when we look at career centers in high schools, mm-hmm. you know, career counselors, is there a responsibility mm-hmm. in that area to talk about behavior when you get your job or when you get your first job or, or some of these things that this girl did wrong? Mm-hmm. Where should she have first picked up on that behavior? And I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure she was well aware of what she was doing, but I'm just trying to... I'm playing the devil's advocate, which is usually my producer's job, but but whose responsibility is that to say, listen, this is how it goes in the workplace, and this is how you should behave. This is You should look for these kinds of rules and regulations and obey them. Okay. Here's a speech I used to give high school seniors, especially, all the time. And I'd pre-plan with the school and talk with the kids. So I had their permission to pull them up on stage because you never want to embarrass anybody. But I would pull a, I'd have a football player, a basketball player, a wrestler, and a girl that played softball or uh, basketball or swam or did something. The, other guy, the others, of course, would be guys. And I'd pull them up on the stage and we'd talk about how to play by the rules. Because they were all going to end up, you know, they're going to be working at McDonald's and Subways in their first jobs and so on. Let's start with a football player and think about the total ramification of what I'm going to say to you. I'd have some of them and say, okay, so you sleep all summer until August because it's so hot. But then you get up and do two a days, one at six in the morning and one at two in the afternoon, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, you play in all kinds of weather and you wear a funny helmet and funny football uniform with these big pads, and I'd go through the whole thing about the football game and the blind refs and umpires and so on, and the kids are laughing with me because they understand they're willing to do whatever to play the game, and you do it because you want to play the game, yeah. Then I would do it with the basketball player, and of course I had the most fun with the wrestler because I'd say to the wrestler, okay, you lie to your parents, don't you? Yeah. I said, yeah, you don't eat, do you? Uh, No. Uh, Yeah, you pull weight, don't you? Yeah. I said, here's what I really don't understand about wrestling. You get on a mat and you put your arms around a guy in front of thousands of people in a way you would never do once you left the mat. Right now everybody's roaring. Why do they do it? They want to wrestle. They want the trophy. They want to play the game. Then I would say to the girl, do you realize that when you play softball, your makeup gets all goofed up and you're hot and sweaty? and you're willing to get a strawberry on your leg when you slide in, and you take the call from the umpire, even when he's blind as a bat, and you do that because why? I want to play the game. And so I tell them the world of work is a game. And it truly is. It has nothing to do with your own, usually, with your own personal set of rules as to how you should or shouldn't do something in a company. It has to do with the rules of the company you're working for. And somewhere along the line, the kids don't make that, that transition. Well, people don't either, because I've worked with 
executives for years who really got their careers in trouble because they decided they wanted to play by their rule instead of a company rule. I'm not talking about illegal. I'm just talking about something that's different than they wanted to do. Right. And in the case of this young girl, what she didn't stop to think is when she's playing the game, i.e., a subway employee, she has to play by their rules. She represents them until she takes her uniform off. Now, there's nothing wrong with her taking the uniform off before she leaves the uh, leaves subway and gets in her car and drives as a, a private citizen. That's fine. But if she chooses to leave that uniform on, she represents that company until she takes it off. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I don't exactly. think young kids always get that. And they should, because... Um, that's where their careers can really get in trouble. It's a game. I was going to say, it's one of those things that can come back later on in possibly another mm-hmm. career, especially when mm-hmm. you have done something that seems so simple. I made a comment, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a bad comment at that, so, socially speaking, but I made a comment on social media that was mm-hmm. picked up by every media outlet probably in the world, mm-hmm. and now how would that affect her later on in another career, maybe a, a career that is more promising, more long-term for her later? It can is... come back to bite her. Oh, sure. I have no doubt. Uh, yeah, recruiters will tell you, especially executive-level recruiters, and even for some management positions in large corporations, they have people within their HR departments that do nothing but scroll through every known social media site and they have the programs on their computer so that it can dig immediately in and pull your name up out of whatever site you've recently been on. And they will look at that before they ever call you in for an interview. And people don't stop to think about that. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's a really good point and, you know, okay. Again, I'm looking at my clock here going, oh, my. Because <laughs> this is another really good point, and I'm actually glad you mentioned it because I was going to try to head there, and here we are. We've gotten there a couple minutes early. but So you have this situation where you say that HR departments do this, and I'm sure they, ha- they do. We know they do. We've had this conversation, you and I, on this show before. Okay. So now let's take this a step further. Let's t- take, for example, my Facebook. And not that I have anything to hide, but on my Facebook, just for some privacy if you're not a friend of mine on facebook a facebook friend and you just go to facebook and try to pull up my page does little to nothing because i have everything that can be locked down locked down now are you are these programs quote unquote that you talk about do they have the ability to get past that kind of security but that the user no. sets up Usually, the, the short answer is no. The longer answer is, of course there is. If, uh, and I, if you truly wanted to find out something about Joel Mahalik, and you were willing to pay a really smart IT guy, absolutely they can. <laughs> because whatever the algorithm is that, that clicks your thing private, they know what it is to unclick it to go in and look. Of course they do. Here's the bigger thing that sometimes people don't think about. You may be very private and with your own personal page, but if you have somebody who clicks on something that you posted or said and they put it on their page because they think it's cute, funny, or whatever, and their page is public, 
It opened up that post. Well, yeah, they cannot trace it back to you. So I I sometimes see what people write on social media, and I'm just, I go, seriously? I mean, I don't understand that they have to understand. When you write something on the Internet, you have written it to the world. Right, right, exactly. End of story. Mm -hmm. So I, and, and there are some sites that monitor more closely, like LinkedIn is always professional, and so if you're out of line, you know, they slap you immediately. But social media sites are not because of the word social. Exactly. And, and in fact, and LinkedIn, even though LinkedIn is included in the general terminology of being a social media site, you're right, there, mm-hmm. there are more things going on by the management of the site because it is a more mm-hmm. professional, it is a professional network more than it is a social network. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Reed Hoffman designed that. So people could connect with each other professionally. He had no intention of it ever being for social media purposes. And the groups and everything that you belong to and choose to belong to have an emphasis on a subject you're interested in. And people know that if you abuse your privilege three separate times on LinkedIn, you're kicked off and never allowed back. Interesting. That's it. Mm-hmm. They warn you the first two times. The third time, you are gone. You can't come back. So I, I, have th- I, I, I have three lives. I found it interesting that a lot of places anymore, with your resume and your cover letter, they want to know your Facebook, your Twitter, and your LinkedIn information. Yeah. They want to know what mm-hmm. your what your accounts are. And mm-hmm. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I, I have a Facebook for family and very close friends. I have no Twitter. I have no LinkedIn because I'm not the CEO of a company. Okay? Oh, if you don't have, no, no. If you don't have a LinkedIn account and you are going into a corporate job in, in any place in the world, really, and you don't have a LinkedIn page, that's a, probably about a free strike against you. For an administrative assistant position. Yep, yep, absolutely. It's ridiculous, and I don't find it necessary to put my life out there like that. Well, LinkedIn isn't your life. It's just your professional career. Right. And it, it, it has nothing to do with your personal life at all. It has only your professional career. And they, they want to know, first of all, are you a person who knows how to network, no matter what your position? Are you a person who knows how to network? Do you have business interests that, that are of value to their company? And are you professionally computer savvy? And I mean, when I say that, I don't mean the inner workings of it, but how to make it work. So well, LinkedIn is, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, Vita, I'll give you a little insight here. Kay, tell her the percentage of people, uh, of people who are employed by networking on LinkedIn. Oh, my goodness. Um. Uh, I think the last time we spoke about it, you said 72%. Yes, I, and it's probably higher by now, and certainly, well, no, I know it is. It has to be higher by now because it continues to grow. It is a brilliant place for you to show yourself professionally and truly a resume anymore. Cover letters are almost obsolete, but resumes anymore, they're designed, they're going to look at the top of your resume to see your name, your contact information and your LinkedIn 
name, your LinkedIn uh, information as well. And if you put that on the top of your resume, you're going to get at least looked at more quickly than somebody who isn't on LinkedIn. With, it doesn't matter. You are. Wow. And, yeah. And, and oh, yeah. Fall, and and, true, and true, I have true. to tell you, what I stripped out of my resume, I do not put my street address. I put my hmm. name, the city and state, and zip code. Hmm. And then my, my contact numbers, and that's all I put up there because I, you know, in today's world, you just have to be really careful about your privacy. And I had heard some things about people using your street address for some nefarious stuff. So I just did you put, put my your email? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, did you put, put your email, email address? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You should put and, your LinkedIn profile name. Well, I have one. And you can get one. <laughs> no, do I? <laughs> no. It's free. I'm too it's listen, free. Listen, no. I I just, I, I cut the cord at it. I just tell people, look, I'm not hooked up 24-7. I don't. Okay, well, I, I have a big problem yeah, just checking my email. You know, ask Joel. How often do I get yeah, my email, Joel, once a month? That's right. Yeah, LinkedIn isn't 24-7 at all. I mean, it's, I don't know anybody that's, that uses it like they do social media. It's, it's strictly professional. It truly really is 180 is. degrees from Facebook, yeah. Right. Maybe even more than 180 degrees from Facebook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Kay, uh, on, this, on this topic, social, mm-hmm. social media behavior and how it affects you, a quick mm-hmm. wrap from you before we uh, run out of time and hit the break. Uh, you want to wrap mm-hmm. that topic up? I think everybody needs to understand that social media is not designed for you to spill the beans, bear your soul, um, give your opinion on anything unless you are willing for the world to see it. And everybody should understand that when you type something on social media, You have now advertised it to the world. Whether you think you have or not, you have. And so you should stop and think and be very sure about what you post. If you truly have a desire to tell a lot of people something, I would be more likely to send it in a personal broadcast email to a group of friends because your emails are not as likely to ever become public knowledge. But your social media is literally your face to the world. And I am very cautious about anything I ever put on Facebook. I am always am in the back of my mind realizing this is okay no matter who write, who reads it. And if it isn't okay, I don't write it. Now, that doesn't mean I don't use my private email to do personal opinions and, and feelings and comments to people. I never ever put it on social media ever words to live by and uh Kay, thanks for helping us wrap up this topic uh you know it, no it took two months but the, but that's fine that's fine <laughs> we uh we love having you and uh Kay joins us every month third sunday eight o'clock and uh we'll look forward to seeing you next month my dear okay thank you so much joel bye guys thanks Kay. have a good night bye Kay. bye Kay. thank you all right, folks, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Behind the Mic here on the W uh, the QYB Radio Network coming up after this.
First Amendment, Establishment Clause, Free Exercise Clause, Freedom of Speech, Press, Assembly, Right to Petition. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. But this government wants to censor talk radio, Mm -hmm. knock down your blogs, and be damned should you bring a grievance to them. Streaming 24 hours, 7 days a week. You're listening to Full Gamut Radio at FGRN.net. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at thatsnotcool.com. That'snotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Look for the bare necessities. The bare necessities of healthy living are easier than you think. You better believe it. And the food pyramid shows you the way. With just the right amount of exercise and the necessary grains, vegetables, fruits, milk, and meats and beans. Just the bare necessities of life. So eat right, be active, and have fun. Yeah, man. For your own path to a healthier you, visit MyPyramid.gov. This is really living. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Ag Council. TalkSuperstation.com. Talk spoken here. Listening to shows on the WQYB radio network is like. While listening to shows on other networks is like. Wouldn't you rather listen to our shows? Check us out on WQYB, where our shows are really sexy. At highway speeds, the average text takes your eyes off the road for about five seconds. That's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Stop texts, stoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. In a world of radio with one man who is named Joe Mahalik. You're offering me a bribe. What you have just done is illegal. And in this state, if convicted, you could be fined up to $5,000 or spend six months in a correctional facility on it. Can we do it one more time without, you know, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the long Joel? You're listening to Joe Maholic on the Behind the Mic Radio Show. And remember, the Behind the Mic Radio Show is brought to you by water. It's everywhere. It's wet. You need it. Behind the Mic. Welcome back with us here to the show. It is the Behind the Mic Show. Our thanks to Kay Stout joins us every third Sunday with some interesting conversation about careers and jobs and things like that. So, you can always find her on LinkedIn, as she was saying. 
Phone number is 443-836-0171. Facebook.com slash behind the mic, M-I-K-E. That's the way it's spelled. You can post there if you don't want to call. Uh, again, joined around the table by uh, Ron Vita Stanley, not the comic book writer. So much things happening today. No shortage of news today. Apparently some rival biker gangs, I think three of them, ended up in a brawl inside of a restaurant in Waco or Waco, Texas. Hey, and hey, it spilled hey. out. It spilled out into the parking lot, and after a while, of, maybe they got tired of using their hands and feet as weapons, and then shots rang out. Nine people so far dead, mm-hmm. and, uh, eighteen or so total taken to hospitals. Luckily, no police were injured, mm-hmm. and according to police in Waco, Texas, I'll get some mail about that. I'm sure. Police in Waco, Texas, right now. I'm saying <laughs> that they apparently had seen this coming, and they had some officers on standby. So I guess the situation could have been worse. But as I understand it, just prior to the show going on the air, that possibly Waco was still on uh, sheltered. Uh, sh- what, what is it called? Sheltered lockup, sheltered well, stay in your home, in place, like, just sheltered stay in, in your place. house, just wherever you place. are, stay inside because they don't. They think there's going to be retribution. But so the thing is, the own the owner of the restaurant was asked specifically to stop allowing these guys in, and he refused flat out, saying he wanted right. their business. Well, you got what you wanted. You got a lot more than you bargained for, buddy. Right. So everybody is in shelter in place. So I guess even if you're stuck at the best little whorehouse in Texas, you got to stay there too, right? It's up to the people, really. It's just a suggestion that they just stay where they are because they're considering the retribution that's going to come down. I'm done listening to you run out of money, right, Joe? Right, exactly. It's interesting uh, that... It's a shame. Like that, there's not enough things going on, and yet you have to worry about something like this. I know. You, you know, I'm sitting here and and thinking about the actual ramifications. Here we are, the land of the free, yet we are in lockdown. You have to stay in your house. You know, forget the authorities. You know, coming and and making it safe. Forget the police, the National Guard, whoever. No, no, no. Stay in your home, lock the door, and yes, you can enjoy, you know, this great land of ours as long as you stay in your living room. That's right. And at your computer and on Spreaker.com, listening to Behind the Mic. No, I'm sorry. No, thanks for the shameless plug. I appreciate it. Not a problem. That's my (laughs) middle name. Shameless. It's... It's amazing that this is just the news coming out of Texas in the past week or so. Yeah. Well, it happened, uh, what, uh, two weeks ago in Baltimore. And, you know, stay inside. Don't come out. We're just going to let them go ahead and uh, get it out of their system. Isn't that basically what Texas is saying? It, it, it sounds um, like it, doesn't it? We, I think we they're stay more or less looking at it as, look, there's gonna, they, we're talking about biker gangs. Right. 
and that there's probably going to be further retribution for what happened. They're never finished. They're always at each other's throats, literally. So they're probably just suggesting to people, look, we know there's going to be some retribution going on here. Just, you know, take, take it easy, stay in your house, or just be careful if you're going to go out. Just be right. just because yeah. Waco's not that big. No, it's a little hamlet compared to some other towns. Right. Stan, well, did you have a final thought? Because I I need to move on. Go ahead. No, you did you have a final thought on this? I'm moving totally away from this story. Okay. Um, get it in yeah, now. It, it it it's a shame that you know the same kind of mentality is 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 you know stay inside, lock down the doors, lock down you know uh, instead of well, let's let's get more police out. Let's get uh, the the uh, national guard out, or whatever we need to, to make the place safe. Um, just you know, it, it's frustrating. Yeah, I I agree well, I think- that it's once again the the few are holding the majority hostage. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So good luck to the fine people in Waco, Texas. Okay, so also this past week there was uh, one hell of a train incident uh, right here in the Philadelphia area, right in Philadelphia. Right on the old home front. Yes, so uh, interesting things coming out uh, as far as this story goes. Uh, And I was having some interesting conversation with some people on Facebook too because when it happened... I got the news by Facebook. There you uh, go. Because, uh, and, and but why? Because we're all uh, Facebook is connected to everything. Your phones connect to everything. So I don't readily put on the local news. I usually watch if I'm going to watch the news. I usually watch one of the you know national networks. And in this case, I saw it on Facebook, and then I put on the 11 o'clock news because this happened rather late so i put on you know the local abc affiliate waited for the news to come on and was you know we're starting to get details of course you know you never go with the first things you hear i and i should have known that because they had patrick murphy on who is a former u.s congressman from the area he was on the train that derailed and he was saying that you know they were going about 50 to 50 to 70 miles per hour and then yeah, he was on a phone saying that. And then the next morning, some news was coming out saying that it was like, you know, uh, 70 to, to uh, 80, maybe close to 100. And I so I got into a little bit of a Facebook skiff with somebody because I said, well, that's funny. An eyewitness who was traveling on the train last night <laughs> was on the news by phone saying, yeah, we're going 40 or 50. He wasn't really... Nothing extraordinary about the speed. Then the next thing I hear is 100 miles per hour, and then the black box reveals 106. That's a whole long swing of miles per hour that we've covered in different stories, different perspectives, etc., etc. And the one thing that really drove me crazy about this whole story is how this train operator 
After this happens, first of all, he goes back to New York where he's from. He's and he's hiding. You know, everyone's got to talk to his lawyer right now. And his lawyer. And this is what I can't stand about defense lawyers. His lawyer says about I guess he was being questioned about the speed and what happened. And well, you know, my client's not really sure. You know, he got he, he doesn't remember much because he got bumped around just like everybody else. And what I don't like about that statement is it doesn't it, that's such a cop out. I don't care if he got bumped around like everyone else. What happened before he got bumped? What went on that made him decide to drive 56 miles per hour faster going into a curve which killed 39 people back in 1940, 41, 45? Same curve. Same curve. So your client didn't bump his head and get knocked out and then go that fast. As you say, he got bumped around like everybody else during the impact. I want to know what made him speed. Because all of a sudden, and, and we, we still don't know what happened. Now there's news saying that something hit the window or something came through the front window. You know, so the story's still coming out, coming out. But you took it upon yourself to engage that much more speed. And I just think that you really created a problem here. And I think you're responsible for some lost lives now. Because typically, otherwise you should be being praised at things that you did to remain in control. This is like being a tractor-trailer driver. This is like being the operator of a, of a car. You get behind that wheel. You get behind those controls. You're responsible for your actions. And I'm I'm sorry, I just really don't like listening to his defense attorney because he's working up he's working on reasons why we shouldn't look at this guy badly. But what what did he do that he should be praised for? Well, it just came out today that and they played the audio, one of the SEPTA trains, a couple of minutes before the derailment, they got hit with something and reported it in. And then on train Amtrak's train 188, one of the co-conductors or assistant conductors, they said she said she heard the engineer on their train, this guy. Mm -hmm. Right. Mentioned something that we just got hit by something. I mean, you, right, I thought his head had hit the windshield when I saw the front of the engine. Right. The windshield is shattered. Um, but now they're saying something hit it. And the fact that the SEPTA train reported it only a couple of minutes before the Amtrak train got hit with it, still 70 miles an hour and then pushing it up to 106 around a curve. Yes, yeah, see, I, it's just I can't get around. very odd. The other question I that I had was they are now saying that the positive train control um, implementation gear 
was installed on that section of the track, but it wasn't turned on. So, who's at fault then? Is it Amtrak? Yes. Are they culpable as well? Absolutely. They're culpable for the whole thing. It's a $200 million cap for the incident. It's per incident. And by the way, (laughs) that first lawsuit that got filed, I don't know if you saw the news with the two lawyers on there talking about it. They represent a uh, an Amtrak worker who was deadheading his way to New York for his job, and he got mm-hmm. hurt, and they filed their lawsuit on Thursday. The incident happened Tuesday. And I knew the night before, on Wednesday night, I said, you mark my words, I know that that law firm is going to just be sniffing out anybody who was an employee because that's the law they do. Well, that lawyer is my ex-boss at that law firm. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Talk about yeah. a small world, Vita. Uh, well, I knew immediately anything that ever happened in Philadelphia with the trains, we took care of it. And it, mm. they don't sue Amtrak because they cannot sue. Amtrak is a government entity, basically. So they cannot sue Amtrak, but the union does have the federal employees, something, it's FELA, F-E-L-A, um, and they can sue under that act. So they threw the first one out there for the guy Thursday. I mean, 48, 48 hours after the incident, boom. And well, now they're, they're really getting smacked around because people are talking about um, experts. People in the legal field are uh, saying that they're just um, looking for the publicity so they can pull other people in to represent them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Here's the line. <laughs> Follow the dotted line right to our front door. Yeah, just paint the sidewalk, why don't you, with arrows. Yeah. You know, with catchphrases on the arrows. Yeah. But again... But again, the entire story hasn't come out yet. But everybody is jumping on assumptions. Right. And surmising what happened without knowing what happened. And we don't know if that equipment is there and hadn't been turned on. Nobody mentioned that in the beginning of when all this was there. And they were talking about it. Right. Um. You know, they were given till the end of 2015, but this this law went into effect, what, 2008, 2009? Well, this report said that the equipment wasn't there, that portion of the track. Right. And you would think they would have, they would have started on every curve uh, of that northeast corridor. Well, they said if the financing was supposed to be appropriated, but Congress only cut it like in half or something like that, so that's why it hadn't been done yet. What I'm saying is, if it's on the straight areas, they needed to leave them for the last and oh, and concentrate on the curves first. Oh, you're right. Would that yeah. make more sense? Right. Yeah, no, they but wanted... I'm sorry, we were right. talking about the government, so... <laughs> yeah, no... Throw con- that out the window. Yeah, Amtrak wanted a $2 million uh, subsidy to cover a lot of this stuff, and it's only appointed, uh, approved like 1.2 so far of it. So, um, you yeah, know, that's supposedly why it hasn't been implemented 
across the entire stretch yet. So, but it's, you know, but even if it, you know, whether it was or wasn't, you know, that's something that's very easily provable. And why wasn't it turned on if that curve has a track record, no pun intended, of being so dangerous? That's the one place you would expect it to be turned on. Oh, exactly. Mm -hmm. Look at all the lives that were lost in the 40s at the same curve. At the same curve, yeah. What is that, the Frankfurt Curve, right? Yeah, that was was Frankfurt Curve. Yeah, I mean, it it reminded me when I saw it of the... uh, Bad accident we had down here in uh, eastern Baltimore County down at Chase back in 1987. When we lost all those lives down there because of uh, uh, Mr. Gates when he was under the influence. Well, Vita brings up a really good point that the story is really not all out yet. Uh, you know, the, the first thing, the first thing that caught my eye, my ear, kind of upset me. Is I mean, that night they were like the news was, was reporting Homeland Security was on the scene. I'm like, really? Does everything have to be terrorism? I mean, oh my God, a cat just farted in the alley. Can we get Homeland Security in here? Because there's a cat trying to gas the neighborhood. Everything has to be an act of terrorism. Chemical weapons. Yeah, and I was so. kind of upset over the fact that they were really maligning the engineer without, again, knowing what really went on. Wait till you get... They didn't even have the black box yet. Right. Well, that's down Event here in Barrett, actually. You know. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, where was I going to go with that? Ron, I haven't heard from you all night, Ron, since the intro. <laughs> would, you, would you like to weigh in on this, Ron? What? What, what, what do you think? Was was somebody throwing rocks at the trains? Do you think somebody might have been shooting at the trains? I mean, you live yeah. in a really nice, nice part of the country, so what do you think? I think there may be some validity to that. You know, I'm, I'm kind of taking the approach Vita's bringing up as just waiting to see where the investigation takes this whole thing. Right. I, I do know that as soon as I heard, you know, the whole story as far as the derailment, I, I thought it was probably speeding the train. Uh, after hearing the reports of the projectiles or objects hitting the train, uh, that uh, that definitely opens up a whole new thing. Uh, could the conductor have been disoriented, not knowing the makeup of the crew like a plane? You've got a, you know, pilot, co-pilot. Is there an engineer, a co-engineer? Did he get so disoriented he threw the uh, switch in the wrong direction? The, the whole point that the safety mechanisms may not have been uh, operational. I mean, you know, the, there's just so many things here. So right, and, and a lot of that will come out when they begin to reconstruct. Just like when they find plane parts, pull them out of the sea, you know, or mm-hmm. crash site, they reconstruct it, and and they'll do that with the trains. You know, one of the things uh, when I heard that Homeland Security was on the scene, then uh, now the FBI is on the scene, and I, I hate to say this, but I was honestly just waiting for a news story to break or an opinion or an assumption. That now the the train engineer was a recent convert to Islam. I mean, 
once once these federal agencies, other than the NTSB, were showing up, I was like, oh boy, let's see mm-hmm. what the CNN brings out now. Right. <laughs> I, you know, my, my mind was running amok with potential fake stories. <laughs> and that's sad. And that's sad. Yeah. Because how many planes have gone down over the past 18 months where they say, oh, uh, yeah, passengers said they heard them say, Allah Akbar. Right before we nosedived into the mountainside, <laughs> you know. So I'm, I'm waiting for a witness that, that was on the train to come forward and, and, and say he was up there screaming Allah Akbar. <sighs> when what he was probably screaming was, man, I got to get to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> so, you know, our thoughts and prayers do go out to the families that are affected by this disaster. Of course, it is a disaster. Close to 200 injured. You know, I think the last count that I heard of was that I think seven were dead. Has there been more? I, I sort eight, of left the eight. real world at a certain point this week and had some family. Eight, yeah. eight now? Eight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I do know one thing I've learned from this. Um, you'll never catch me in the quiet car. Why did you talk too much? That's right. (laughs) But no, I won't be in the first or second. I'll be in one of the last two trains, and hopefully it'll have six or seven cars. But I'll be in one of the last two cars, I meant to say. Uh, Uh, You know, just because those sustained the least damage of all of them. My God, the the engine is robust, you know. Yeah, the engine can withstand, and you could see that it's standing there. Very little damage to it, but that car behind it—it it took the full brunt of those other cars when he put the brake on. They all just crushed it into an accordion. Right, and then of course that first car after the engine also hitting the engine. I'm sure during some part of the engine. That's what I'm saying. It hits the yeah. engine when those brakes come on. It gets caught between that engine and the trajectory or the force. Of the rest of the cars coming in on it, and it just crushes in like an aluminum can. Right. And that's where aluminium. most of the injuries can. Aluminium. Aluminium. Listen, don't correct me, or I will go into my Queen Elizabeth. Yes. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, right. young man. Stan, what do you got? Well, I was, I was just saying, why do you think? Most of the employees ride in the caboose. The safest car on the entire train. Really? Do a lot of employees ride in the in the caboose of a train? Is there like well, an employee party going on back there? I never noticed. <laughs> well, they have no. They let they they usually go back there because the they let the paying customers get the the better seats. But now, right. as we know, they're not the better seats. Nah. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, keep your eyes on um, more to come on that because when they start reconstructing the train, of course, the FBI now is looking into what may or may not have hit the windshield. So a lot of different things going on with this story. And again, like Vita said, let's just wait for everything to come out. Yeah. We all know how the news rushes to judgment. In the middle of a story, oh yeah, and, 
they never come back and correct their mm -hmm. facts. They never do. Well, I can't say that anymore. Remember, I brought up that whole Shepard Smith thing from. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He said we screwed same, up right on air. Same, same network. I'm still waiting for Fox to correct a few of their other stories that they just left lingering. Oh well. Before the actual facts came out. They never will. John Stewart no, just, just did a whole thing on that. They just drop the story and they move on to something else. Yeah. Nothing yeah. to see here, folks. That's. And as the one so. chick on there says, really? So, Vita, you're staying, you're going, what are you doing? You gotta go. I'll I'll stay until, eight, what, 8.30 or so? 9.30? I, uh, you're on your time. I, look, look, when I look at my watch and I think it's 8.30, you worry me. So you're <laughs> you're in that other time zone. Yeah, yeah, okay. aren't I, though? Uh, <laughs> Alright, well here's what we got coming up folks We come back from a break, we have What Gives We'll get into that, a couple stories on that And then of course the home stretch of the show At 9.30, it is the Ass Clown of the Week Awards I'm sorry Ron, I didn't get To usually 8.30 We have you talk about that So if you want to do it in 15 seconds How do they get involved in Ass Clown of the Week <laughs> Just move on I'll do it later Okay, well, when we come back from break, I'm going to give Ron his due diligence, and he'll tell you how to get involved in Ask Clown of the Week, so you can start getting those submissions in if you're new to it. If you're not new to it, get busy. Ron's waiting. 443-836-0171. That is the phone number to the show. Also, Facebook.com slash Behind the Mic. M-I-K-E, that's how it's spelled. Our home base on the World Wide Web, QIBRadioNetwork.com. Stop over there. And you'll be able to get anywhere else you need to get to. So we'll be back after this quick break with What Gives right here on the Behind the Mic Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> 